0: Welcome back to the Plank Show. We're on the road um, on the island. We're in Hawaii, uh, Waikiki Beach, getting set to hopefully cover history Jackson Owl's Pursuit of 96. Uh, And I'm pumped to be joined by a good friend of the show. Um, He was with us on Mondays during the football season. Um, We were hoping to have this celebration of Jason's career on Monday, and your boy skipped right through it, but I'm glad that we get to talk to him. So how do I help you, Jason Kersey, with lawyering with law school? I mean, I'm so used to saying Jason Kersey with the athletic, man. How kind of different has it been for you these last few days to be removed from that?
1: Uh, yeah, it's been weird. It's been a very, very, very weird few days, uh, to say the least. I don't really know what to do with myself right now. <laughs> and uh, I'm just sort of, uh, yeah, aimlessly uh, wandering around the house right now. <laughs> Trying to, trying to figure out my post-sports writing life, you know?
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. You, you, you know this. I'm one of your biggest fans. Uh, you did some incredible investigative work from, you know, not only digging. And there's so many, like, little things. Digging into the Kennedy Brooks story, right, whenever uh, there were some issues. And then I would say developing an incredible relationship with Kennedy and with that family. Uh, the piece you wrote on Buki is one of my all-time favorites. But, Jason, I, I want to start here. Because I thought your last two pieces were some of the most powerful things and things Sooner Nation needed to hear. I want to start with the, hey, I get it, Lincoln Riley left for USC, and I know suddenly Lincoln Riley is doing every interview possible and talking to everyone, but that doesn't mean that Oklahoma isn't in a better spot. And I know it's hard, and I know your your former boss, Stuart Mandel, took a lot of heat. Um, with some of the, with, with not having the top twenty five, but Jason, I thought it was important to to get that out. Like, listen, I'm here; my feet are on the ground. I see this. This is what's happening. Why, why do you think there's been that disconnect with some people? Because you know, if Brent Venables took the Auburn job last year, they would would have been all over about how great of a hire it was and how he was going to change uh, the culture at Auburn. But for some reason, it feels like people are slow to latch on here.
1: Well, I just think that. You know the shock of the Lincoln Riley news, and um, you know the, the 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 feeling like he chose USC over Oklahoma. Just right. I don't know. It just created this narrative that that you know that Oklahoma was in a lot of trouble. And I think we all saw it in the immediate aftermath of Riley leaving that Oklahoma was in some trouble. Um, it, it's it sure seemed like things were unraveling in the in those days, but. Uh, my point was just if you actually look at what Brent Venables has done since he's been hired. I mean, you, uh, hiring Todd Bates, hiring Thad Turnipseed, hiring Jerry Schmidt. That um, he's building a program that that he, with an eye on competing with and beating Alabama, and that's and that's not you know I mean Oklahoma hasn't really 2017 is the closest they've been to I feel like being able to beat Alabama in, in recent years um, and. That's because the program got a little worse every year that Lincoln Riley was a bad coach. It's not saying he was a bad coach or did a bad job. It's just a fact that it that that it did. So um yeah, that was kind of the point of that. It's just like everybody everybody calmed down like things are fine. things are
0: better. <laughs> it's, it's, it''s I think it's it's tough to embrace on a lot of angles. and, and listen, let me go ahead and erase that real quick and say. I think fans are embraced. Jason, I think you see it. They're bought into Brent Venables. But I think with social media and it's always in your face and you have um, a guy who's been pretty much anti-Oklahoma and Colin Coward who suddenly now is the biggest Lincoln Rally fan on the planet um, and, and he's got a pretty big footprint. You have, it seems like these, and I'm not trying to sound like a, an overly dramatic person here, but kind of these fluff pieces that are written about how he's changed the culture when he has to a game, right? And I know the same can be said with Brent Venables, but it just – I can understand his fans getting frustrated. But your point, and, and it's the one that I try to make on this show quite a bit, and hopefully, you know, we it plays it out on the field, Lincoln can leave and feel like it's better for him, and Oklahoma can still be great. And people can love what Lincoln did, and Oklahoma can still be great. I mean, it's not as if everyone has to chastise this guy like Sooner fans are – it's not like it means that you're doomed because you went on. Everything seems pretty amazing about what's going on here at Norman right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, t- absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's um, it, it just, I think everybody just sort of needs to move on. I understand why people are mad at Lincoln, by the way. Sure. I do. I mean, it's not just that he left, and it's not just that he took people with him. It's that he, you know, some of the things he said in interviews that are, that just, sort of uh, are, are, are just eye-rolling. I mean, some of the things he said. So uh, I understand why people are upset. I just think that if you take a look at what's happening in Norman, there's a lot to be really excited about. And, and I don't know that it's really worthwhile to waste much
0: more energy on, on, on uh, being upset with Lincoln Riley. Can you imagine what Twitter's going to be like when USC loses its first game for Oklahoma fans?
1: Yeah. Oh I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, or, so, yeah, or, or, or if Oklahoma ends up making a run and USC is is a mediocrity, it's going to be fascinating. So I thought, Jason, that was well done. That was well written, and and I thought it was a good reminder that Bmac. But there's also a point where you got to look and say, all right, I think we're going to be okay. The other thing was an article on Cale Gundy, and I don't know you know if people realize just how integral he's been to everything. Was that strategic for you? Did you want to make Kale your last article? uh, Not necessarily. Um, Okay.
1: Not necessarily, Uh, but I didn't really plan it that way, but it's kind of fun and cool that it ended up being that way because, um, you know, I've covered Kale for a long time now, and I've never really written a big article like that about him, and I should have. I mean, I should have done that a long time ago. I mean, he's, one of the most important people in the program,
0: but I thought it was so cool because to me, here is a guy that has now persevered through three staffs. Was a day one guy with Bob Stoops when we stepped on campus in '99. Um, I love Kale because in the middle of a softball game, I might get a tweet from Kale or text from Kale. Hey, what's she hitting on the gun? What's that? He just he loves softball, but more than anything, Jason, I think it's important through all the turmoil to realize there's a lot of people that stayed here, and a guy like Cale has been so integral to this program and just doesn't always get the coverage it, that, that he deserves. I thought that was really cool, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, for one, you don't really hear from assistant coaches that much because that was the policy of the for, former head coach. <laughs> right. We didn't really hear from the assistant coaches that much. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, – it was great, and, uh, you know, digging up some of the, or, or, you know, discovering some of the cool facts about him, been involved in more wins and and more games than any other figure in OU football history. Um, he's been part of something like 26 or 27% of the games OU has ever played. Kale Gundy's been involved in some, some way. Um, it's just fascinating.
0: What was, was there anything that, and, and again, this, a lot of people kind of know Kale's story and, and I'm very proud of myself that I haven't slipped and called him Mike, you know, since I've uh, been doing this over the last decade. But was there anything that really kind of surprised you when you started digging into Kale and talking to him and people around him? Um, well, I don't know.
1: I mean, I did really like sort of hearing his version of what happened on November 28th. Um, yeah. And, you know that was kind of the crux of the story is that for the first time in Kale's career uh he was worried in a way that college football coaches everywhere are worried annually i mean Cale Gundy's never had to sweat this and then but this time he did and uh and i and i thought i thought it was interesting you know mike i talked to mike uh, Gundy and you know i thought it was interesting that Cale actually mentioned to him Hey, well, if you got any openings, let me know. Like, that's how worried he was. And uh, right. that's crazy that Cale Gundy was that worried. But um, but Mike, is, you know, I think, is the one who told him in response to that, dude, don't worry about it. They're not going to let you go anywhere. And, of course, they didn't.
0: Do you know the thing that's amazing? One more Cale Gundy point that I want to I reminisce a little bit. Jason Kersey is our guest. Uh, we're still going to pick his brain from time to time because I think he's a sharp dude when it comes to all things Sooners. Uh, and all things sports, to be honest with you. Uh, and we got to get a take on Aaron Sticker out here in a second. But I I, I think, for me, the, the the final thought on Kale and the one thing that, you know, he was one of those dudes that was out, he was recruiting with, with that unknown. And it's just, to me, I don't know. I have a hard time. Like, I get Jason to make it about me real quick. I get my schedule for my like series XM every week. Right? and I need I need four shifts, right or my wife's gonna get mad at me. I need four shifts and I'm nervous about it every single week. I don't know how in the world these guys can live you know not <laughs> not knowing while they're out recruiting for someone, whether or not they're gonna have a job there but you know you you talked about getting his kind of side of, of that November Sunday morning slash afternoon, but I just I can't say enough things about how wild it is that there was so much unknown, and yet the, he specifically, and, and Bimbo and Murray and all those guys, they're out there grinding away. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what they had to do.
1: I mean, when they, uh, I guess, decided they weren't going to go to USC, I mean, that's that's, mm-hmm. that's basically what they uh, had to do for that week. They had no idea who Joe stiglione was going to hire. They had no idea um, if that new coach was going to, you know, there's a chance that, you know, the new coach, and this is nothing against Cale Gundy or Bill Bedenboe or DeMarco Murray, but, you know, maybe uh, they they had hired a head coach that had his own running backs coach and had his own receivers coach that he wanted right. to bring with him. And, I mean, that, and his own offensive line coach. That stuff's going to happen sometimes. And that's uh, that doesn't mean that those guys aren't good coaches. It just means those guys have their own guys. But, fortunately, Brett Venables <clears throat> wanted to keep them. Uh but, yeah, I mean, I think that's an extremely stressful time for them, and and, uh, and I'm sure it was.
0: Hey, and Jason, one other thing real quick. I mean, sometimes I think we, we act like kills some 70-year-old dude on the back nine. He's still young, right? I mean, this is a guy that's, what, in his late 40s, early 50s. I mean, there's, there's this incredible coaching future that could be ahead of him. I mean, he he turned down opportunities to be the offensive coordinator of places like Arizona, and Kentucky. So I just I kind I, I dug it, man. I, I could sit here and talk about K. O. Gundy all day long. But for you, um, let's make just about you real quick. What do you think is going to be the hardest part about not covering football or not covering OU sports? Have you really kind of dope? I'm sure you did the pros cons list. But what do you see as the hardest part? Um,
1: the two things that I think I'll miss the most are the um. The game days, uh, actually themselves, the the you know the the walk through the crowd to get to the stadium, um, covering the game. That I mean the, those those uh, those days were always really fun, and then uh, and then just the camaraderie around the, the the other beat writers, the the folks like you and Teddy, and um you know people like that 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 I've really grown fond of through the years that I like
0: being around. So I mean it'll it, it's it's a
1: combination of the games
0: and the people is what I'll miss. I can't wait until I get to because everything in lawyering I learned from watching L.A. Law as a little kid and, and Law and Order. So I can't wait till you have that you're out of order moment in the courtroom. I'm ready for it. Have you decided what you're going into yet? Which law? No,
1: nope, not yet. I'm kind of you know try to keep an open mind about it and see what
0: I see what I fall in love with. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, family law very lucrative. All right, so with that in mind, um, two non OU questions before we let you get out of here. Aaron Rodgers makes his decisions. He's sticking with Green Bay. Jason Kersey's reaction at about ten, eleven a.m. yesterday when he heard that. News.
1: I'll be honest, I missed it. I didn't see it until hours uh-huh. later because because I don't have Twitter on my phone anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, honestly, it's been kind of great. <laughs> Has it really? Been I bet great. it
0: is, man. I want to do that so bad. I just I'm I, I can't.
1: I mean, it, I'm I'm still addicted to it, but um, you know, I'm I'm trying to get on and kind of go through my DMs that I've got, and I still got so many to go through, um, <laughs> from, from just incredibly kind people who reached out. But um, and I'm trying to respond to everybody, but I'm also trying when I'm doing that to not get sucked into the actual like you know notifications and home uh, feed. I'm proud of you.
0: Proudy. But 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 all in right. terms of Aaron Rodgers, I mean that's great for right. the Packers. Obviously, is there a white whale? And as Jason Kersey hangs up, I, I almost said like the pen, but as we all know, um, we're not handwriting stories, and there's no typewriter. As you hang the laptop up for now, is there a story or two that you look back on and you say, "Man, I uh, I really wanted." To write about this or that, or I wanted to do this, or I wanted to get into this. Are there a couple of white whales that you never were able to able to ever really truly uh, harpoon, if you will? I really wanted to
1: write about Rhett Bomar. Um, that, that uh-huh. that's one. Um, I, I, especially in light of the NIL era and all the right. changes. Um, I, I reached out to him many times and never heard back. So, uh-huh. um. Which I understand. I mean that's probably a very difficult time in his life, but I I, I especially after Spencer Rattler got free cars last year. <laughs> I, I I really thought like I'd love Rhett Bomar's reaction to this. Like people are doing basically what he did. <laughs> um not well not really, but you know what I mean. Like in no, two thousand six 2006. If nil's in existence, he doesn't have to pretend to work at Big Red Sports and Imports. They just have him do a commercial. So, right. Anyway, I really wanted to write about Rhett Bomar, but if he's listening, Rhett, I'm, I'm sad you never got back.
0: <laughs> we can start JasonKersey.com where we can have all the things that you wanted to get to, but you didn't. That's a great angle too. But you know, there's a couple of guys. Like I, there's even a few guys, and, and again, most of the 2000 team, but. Is, is embracing it. Like Quentin Q, Q doesn't like to do a ton of media, right? And you're like, bro, if he if wanted to, everyone would be losing their minds, right? It's like, oh, listen to Quentin Girl, There's a couple of other guys today. It, it's not anything negative, right? It's just, listen, yeah. man, I'm, that's 20, 21, 22 years ago now. Uh, there, there's people that are involved in tough losses that you're like, hey, I, I kind of want to do a, a podcast about some of, and, and this, by the way, got shot down real quick, Jason, some of the toughest losses that we went through as fan bases. And I wanted to talk to a few guys about Boise, uh, the Boise State game. And Rufus right away was like, no, you're not doing that. So, you know, there's, there's certain things that you want to write about and just you don't want to try, and that's fine, right? I mean, it sucks because I'm sure it brings back some memories for them, but it sucks even more, especially in that case, because you're right. If this was in place then, dude, might have been the quarterback at Oklahoma for a couple of years. And think about all that
1: changes if Brett Bomar oh. doesn't get kicked off the team. I'm serious. Does Sam Bradford become the starting quarterback at Oklahoma? Um, uh, because, Ooh. because uh, let's see, Bomar would have been a redshirt sophomore in 06. Assuming right. he's not good enough to go to the NFL after that season, which I don't think he would have been ready. Uh, Bradford right. doesn't start in 07. Then who starts in 08? I mean, it just changes the whole trajectory of the program. It's really it's one of
0: those great what-ifs. Dude, and on what Josh and I like to call our What If Wednesdays, what a great way to wrap it up. Kersey, uh, I appreciate you. I'm sorry I missed it on Monday, but I'm glad we got a chance to do this. Uh Um, I'm so happy for you, and and I love that you're going to be living a certain sense of a stress-free life. It'll be a different kind of stress, but man, don't be a stranger. We look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Thanks, Plank. Thanks for everything, buddy. Talk to you later.
0: No. All right. I'll see you, Jason. That's Jason Kersey. Was with us on Mondays during the football season. And now he's stepping away from the game. Oh, gosh! There is a what if that we can really kind of get lost in, right? What what if? What if nil's been in place for the last twenty years oh, and they right? I think about all the other schools. Does does Miami end up having some of the issues that they have? That just whatever you started to see that trajectory take up for them. They have the Nevin Lawson. Not Nevin Lawson. Um, the Nevin Lawson's defensive back for the Raiders and Nevin Shapiro. They had the, the whole controversy that kind of shut down. That that went back a little bit, so maybe that's not the best example. But, you know, this would affect other programs in a big-time way, too. What if Wednesday? Huh. You know, in, in that instance, you know, when would Sam get an opportunity. But maybe there's another side to this. Maybe it ends up like a Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams situation. Maybe the greatness of Sam Bradford shines through, and they see it, and it becomes Sam's team anyway, because after who all did he beat out? Keith Nickel and, and, and someone else? Maybe he also beats out a Red Pomar, right? So maybe what if they is it that wild? But still, just really cool white whale. I have a white whale on this show, I guess, and I want to get to come on with us, and I'm over for everything in trying to get him to come on with us. You know who that is?
2: No, I Mark don't. Davis. Who? Mark Davis. Mark oh, Davis. yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm over too, on my attempts to reach out to him. I don't think he's going to do Norman radio. Maybe if we draft. Maybe if the Raiders draft an Oklahoma guy. But I have to think about the Sooner side of things. Is the guy who Patty Gasso replaced still with us? I wonder what it'd be like to talk to him. Hey, dude. So, see what's going on? I, I, again, I don't know. I've never met him, but I'd be kind of fascinating. All right, quick break. When we come back on the Plank Show, uh, we, we owe you more on Russ. We got uh, some calls to get to. comfort solutions. Text 405 651 is the Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're on the road. Like, well, say on the road, right? I mean, literally, it's. It's like the ultimate destination on the planet. We're in Hawaii, Waikiki Beach today. We're gonna get an opportunity to get out. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get to do something today, Josh, that I haven't done much this season due to show and travel schedule. I'm gonna go to practice. I'm gonna watch his team work out. I haven't had a chance to see him practice, so I'm excited about that. I'll be able to report back tomorrow. Later schedule times what? Mike, do you have the softball schedule by chance pulled up in front of you, Josh?
2: I can get it real quick. It's if I remember right, it's seven thirty each of the first okay. two days.
0: Okay. okay. Central time. And then what's the late games at ten o'clock on Friday night, um, local time? So again, just minus six, and that's where we are, uh, Hawaii time. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, did did you hear my screw up this morning? N-
2: no, I, I don't think so.
0: I had set my alarm. I was of the understanding that from <laughs> oh, yes. The central time zone was five hours, but I guess, I don't know, I don't know if the guys, I, would, I, would, I don't know, I don't know how I screwed it up, but I was an hour ahead of myself, so I'm calling Drake at like it's 7.45 for the crossover, he's like, bro, you got an hour, I'm like, I'm going back to bed. And then we're on the phone because uh, apparently I woke up my neighbor and I didn't want to end up doing a whole show where this man wanted to fight me, I decided what I'm going to do, Josh, if I see this person today. Uh, whose room is which I still don't know how you can hear me because you can't hear anything in these rooms. So either he's got his ear up to the door or I'm yelling incredibly loudly. I'm going to pretend like I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. He's like, I heard you yelling in your room, blah, blah. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm, that's what I'm going to go with. sound like a rather large man. It's probably some little short dude that I could that I could karate kick to the moon. But, yeah, I'm going to just play, hey, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I'm going to, tomorrow morning, whenever I get up and I get in the shower, I'm going to leave my alarm going. Just like,
2: meh, meh, meh. That's like, how I, you get him back, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, listen, you want to be, I understand, I was talking too loud on the phone. I've been kind enough. I thought I had a place for the show, but I got booted out of there, too. Um, because there's a, a woman, if, think about this, our show goes on the air. I, I'm doing the crossover with Toby Rubin at 4.45 a.m. local time, right? It's 4.45 a.m. in Hawaii. There is a girl that has been in the business center what I, for like three hours now, and I think she's gaming. So I, I can't like go in there and be like, hey, I'm going to do a radio show in here. She's the only person in there, and she's been there by herself for like three hours. What are you doing? Like, I have no idea what's going on. But we'll we'll be straight, if not, by the final hour of this show for certain tomorrow. So uh, anything from, from courtesy to tie up loose ends. I, th- I think you and I are going to have a lot of shows between today and spring ball, and summer, and obviously the start of the football season. Josh, I think we're going to have a lot of shows that are centered around that are centered around the uh, where the program is and where it's going. I honestly, truly believe that, and it's going to be nonstop, right? I mean, that's going to be something that a lot of people want to talk about.
2: Absolutely, and we've had true on. The phone line's here patiently waiting, so let's get him in in just a moment. But I think the the number one thing that jumped out to me about what Kersey said was that, hey, it's going to be okay if you think this is the demise of Oklahoma football or this program's headed in a bad direction right now with Brent Venables. You're doing this wrong, and he's completely right.
0: Yeah, 100% right. 100% right. All right, let's get True in here. What's going on, True? How are you, man?
3: True suit. Man, I'm just, I'm just listening. I'm just listening to the show. It don't matter if I'm on hold or if i got got my radio on, you know. Same thing. So, David, we appreciate that. Say, yeah. Hey, man, uh, I was going to tell you. So uh, the biggest what if I think of OU football was on that cold December day in 1998 when the Regents approved uh, to get rid of John Blake 4-2. What if that hadn't happened? You know, it was a pretty close vote. 4-2 was pretty close. Hey, can I can I be honest with you too? Um, I yeah. had just started doing radio
0: in in Tulsa. Ninety was it ninety eight? Did you say yeah? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. It was yeah. my yeah. It was it was my first, like ninety seven. I started, so that shows you how old I am, y'all. But ninety eight was my first year, and at that time, I was I was on team. Let's let's give John Blake another year.
4: Yeah, I me really too. was. Me
0: too. I, I was too. I, and. And uh, then then literally, I'm telling you, the moment that Bob Stoops had one word utter out of his mouth, <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're good. <laughs> this guy's a rock star. Well, and, ch- and ch- true, well, true, true. Well, ch- everyone wanted, they all wanted Jim Donovan. Everyone wanted Jim yeah, oh, to come yeah.
3: back. Yeah. yeah, they did from Georgia. Uh, so, so check this out. So we had a group of guys that used to meet, guys and girls that used to meet over at the, the cross Side Moose years ago. And we would meet there, and, and, and we had like a little OU group. And one of our one of our people, there's probably fifteen of us there. One of our people called OU and said, "Hey, is there any way the new coach Bob Stoops can stop by?" You know, he drove over there and had and had dinner with us that night, and got up on the stage. They had a little stage set up, he got up on the stage and talked to OU football for about thirty minutes with us. It Are was, you serious? That's awesome. yeah, yeah. Just just pulled up in his car, and got out, and came in and said, "I'm Bob Stoops. You got any questions for me?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of stuff wouldn't happen today, you know, but. I was going to ask you. So on the on the Jocelyn thing, right? To me, I've seen a lot of situations like this happen through the years, whether it be major league And I know we're not we're not major league baseball and all this kind of stuff. But to me, this whole thing. I mean, you're calling the game the other night, and by the way, I like the extra people in your booth. It's a little crowded. I get it, but I I, I like I like having the extra. Yeah, we um, won't do it a ton. We won't do it a ton, but we'll do it a few times. But it's but, it's, but the extra stuff that, that these people bring. Um, to the game. But but I was gonna say the Jocelyn stuff, it's amazing to me. You're calling the game. The game is one to one, I believe, if I'm if I'm not correct. And uh, it's one to one. Jocelyn gets up there. They put her on base. they you know, Janet Johns hit the triple. Now the game's four to one. It's against OU it might as well be eight to one. But right. it's just it's am, it's amazing to me that they're willing to I'm trying to think of the word mortgage the rest of the game. It's like they don't care if they lose the game. It's more important not to give up that home run. No,
0: that's what exactly true. It's you're not you're not playing to win. You're playing not to be a part of history. And which I don't I don't get that. I mean, listen, do I do I think a lot about Henry Aaron's record-breaking home run coming against the Dodgers? No, I don't. I think about Henry Aaron broke the record. <laughs> and I think it's, here's the thing, and I don't, I'm not going to use the, the broadcast airwaves or the radio broadcast to get into this, but, Drew, we'll do it on this show. I think the thing that's enraging about it, if I'm on one of those teams, I'm pissed. I know. I mean, I'm mad. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? I mean, like, even a pitcher, even if I'm a pitcher, because if I'm a pitcher, I think I can go get her. I can go get her. Let's go.
3: And well, that's what I'm so saying, for, that's, coming down, from the, that's yeah. coming down from the pitching staff, and it seems like just the competitiveness, and those pitches would be like, I don't want to be that person. Right. Right. I can get her out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I agree well, Thanks for the call, buddy. appreciate it.
3: You know, I think
0: I, I've kind of been putting together a, a top five list of, of my worst takes of all time, Josh, and... I, I don't, I never, and just to be clear here, as soon as like I started hearing Bob Stoops, it was immediately Like, okay, they they've got the right dude. That's easy to say, back. But I'm sure there's some diehard Sooner fans that were listening to Tulsa back in the day and can can have my back. Now I was also here's another bad take that I had that I have one dude that will email me incessantly, incessantly, and talk about it. Um, after the win over Kansas State in 2000, I did have a segment on my show where I asked, was this about where Oklahoma can be, or was this about overhyping Kansas State? So I do have a few people that are on me about that. I thought J.J. J. Watt was going to be a bust. Uh, see, I, I never <laughs> thought the Raiders would. I never thought the Raiders trade So I'm kind of like, like my all-time worst takes that I've had on sports radio.
2: Worst hot takes you've ever had. That's I love that. Right, That's right, fantastic.
0: Right. I, I was hot taken before hot taken was a thing. But I I can't help but wonder if maybe my one more year couple of segments I did in 98 for John Blake, would those be up there pretty high in your opinion?
2: I don't know. Given the situation, sounds like a lot of people were in that camp. It's easy to say, wow, what a dummy now, given that we've seen Bob Stoops' Hall of Fame career and – Everything. I mean, the national championship that he won in his second season. I-, I don't know that it's as bad of a take. Given, like, if you could go back in time, most people would agree with that take. But hindsight being twenty twenty, it just looks nuts. So, <laughs> I-, I don't know. I don't think it's as bad on. I don't think it's as bad of a take as it sounds on the surface. I guess is the right way gotcha. to say it.
0: Okay. Break. When we come back, we'll through a few more calls. Plank Show is in Hawaii with the
3: Super softball team.
2: Plank Show, we're back with you. It's hour number two right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Josh Elmer and Chris Plank, I should tell you. Hour number two of the Plank Show. It's brought to us by Allison Insurance. Health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, HSAs, and more. Bob and Robert Allison can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Allison Insurance has been helping you and your family for over 60 years, 405-745-2968. Online, AllisonInsurance.com. Quinn, I see you there hanging on. Plank will be rejoining us in just a moment. He had to run back. Up to his room to grab something is my understanding. Oklahoma Pro Day is underway. Seeing some of the results come across. They haven't really posted uh, a bunch of that stuff on Sooner Sports just yet. Let's see. What what can I pass along to you that they have posted on Sooner Sports from OU's Pro Day? Kennedy Brooks, impressive in the, in the vertical, 35-and-a-half. In Kennedy Brooks vertical plank, welcome back, buddy.
0: What's up, dude? How are you, Josh? Sorry about that.
2: Just killing time, reading some reading, passing along some pro day numbers from uh, Oklahoma. You know what?
0: That's my biggest bitter pill I have to swallow on this whole thing, and I know uh, there's not going to be anyone that has too much stability for me. Beating uh, the beach this weekend with the Sooners football team, but man, I hate, I hate missing pro day. Hey, missing pro day, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of mad that it's taken me, you know, with everything we had to talk about with Russell Wilson. Even though I don't feel like we've really gone too in depth on that yet, Josh. I mean, I don't really know. I was looking at some things last night. I don't.
2: Is, did you say Kennedy was going to run again? I don't know that. Uh, y- y- I mean, he he did the shuttle, which was a four-four, three cone was seven. Okay. I don't know that he is running. He, he did okay. a vertical leap, 35 and a half inches there, which was impressive. Probably he's not running the 40.
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, just kind of my opinion, I don't think he should or would run the 40, but you never know. You know, maybe, maybe one of the guys gets to him and says, oh, no, man, you, you need to do it again. But I don't think he should run a 40 again. And honestly, I don't know if any if any. and I'm going to say this, and like I said, I don't have my computer right here in front of me. Um, I don't think any of the guys, are going to go out and run the forty again? Uh, that went to the combine. You're going to see some of the non-combine invites, and you know we have a great story in the non-combine invite. And one Jordan Evans, who you know didn't get to go to the combine, gosh, came to OU, ran a a forty time that was as 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 fast as any linebacker. The only guy who had a faster forty time than him was Tyron Matthew, and and for some reason Tyron Matthew at that time was running than as a linebacker, right? Because they just kind of didn't know what they were going to do with him positionally, uh, and he had, he had actually done some linebacker drills, so they considered him with that group. So, you know, I don't I don't really know if th- this is a pro day to where I think it's really important on the personal side for guys like Brian Osamoa, Isaiah Thomas, Nick Benito, and Perion Winfrey. Uh, and maybe even to a certain extent, DeLaron Turner yelled, Though I guess DeLaron could run again if he wanted to, since his time wasn't all that great. But I think, like Josh, it's really big for those guys to hopefully click with someone. I I don't know if I've ever shared this story, but re- real quick, just my, my favorite Combine story is Orlando Brown's year when he was going into the draft. What was
2: that, 18, 17? Would have been seven. Yeah, it would have been the 18 draft, yeah. right? Right, right, right. So 18, then. Um, I re- and, and I always had a – Orlando
0: was really good at this here, reporter, and we always had a pretty good relationship. And I remember I went up to him and said, hey, when you're done, I want to talk to you just because we're doing Sooner Vision stuff. He's like, yeah, absolutely. And so he did all this stuff. I remember Orlando had a horrible combine. Horrible combine. Everyone was clowning him. And now the dude just got franchise tagged. He's going to get paid. So maybe he ends up having a last foul. But I'll never forget, you know, when he was done, and I was kind of waiting around, a Baltimore Ravens person, would, who ended up drafting him, a Baltimore Ravens person had the uh, gave him an iPad. He was doing a couple of, I, I guess it's, I don't know if it was identifying things. I mean, I, I've always kind of to that gabe about it, but it seemed like he was kind of hitting on a few things and touching a few things, and it was really kind of cool to see it. And uh, after it was over, the, I was just sitting there waiting for him. The the Baltimore Raven guy was talking to him, and they were getting to know each other. And he's like, hey, man, you know, it was great having your dad. You know what, what that relationship was like. And it's not as if they don't go through these drills in, in – in, not drills, I should say, these conversations, Josh, in Indianapolis, they do. But you get to be a little bit more personable, and you get another perspective on it because a GM – a GM, an assistant GM, a player personnel director, they get that opportunity at the combine, right? When you're at a, and maybe to a certain extent, a position coach, when you're at a pro day, there's a lot going on at the same time. Like other schools might be doing a pro day at the same time. So what's been kind of cool here is to see, all right, what position coaches do teams send? What scouts do they send? And then you kind of learn a little bit about that relationship, right? Because you might see a – um, today I'm sure all 32 teams are in attendance, but you might see a, a Raiders scout spending a bunch of time with someone, and then two seconds later a Broncos scout, but it might be a guy that doesn't even coach their position. So my point is, you get a lot of different opinions as teams on, hey, what did you think of this guy's personality when you talked to him? Did anything seem off? Does he love football? Is he going to be a guy that when we get in here, we got to motivate him? Uh, his numbers show this, this, and this. So you know, just being being there, and sitting and, and hearing you guys. And I remember I got to Atlanta. I'm like, you talked to him a lot. He's like, that's the first time I talked to that dude. He's like, I talked to the Ravens, but that's the first time I've talked to that dude. So it's it's wild, Josh, to just think about how important the combine scene is. And then you kind of stop and you realize how maybe even
4: more important
0: something like the pro day is because it continues to allow teams to build off of what you did in the combine. Right. All right. So you had a big number. You had a good number. Awesome. You know, we went back and looked at the tape. I saw that you kind of struggled against, say, a TC. What happened there? I saw you struggled. Jordan Davis, what happened in Alabama, right? So this allows people to drill a little bit deeper. And I think, I don't know if it's a big numbers day because I think the Sooner fans, maybe for Jeremiah Hall, you might want to think about doing it all again. Uh, maybe to a certain degree, if the Larry Turner yell feels like he can run a better number. But do you have the list in front of you of who all is participating in Pro Day today? Is there because we had 11 dudes at the combine? Yeah, and I was don't think
2: DeLaron, Turner, Yale, or Perion were planning on participating today.
0: Okay. But was there anyone else that kind of caught your eye? Yeah, they should. DeLaren might want to run again, but if he feels like he's run as fast as he can run and he's hit his number that he was shooting for, then you got, you got to stay on it, right? You got to stay on that number.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, you, you get the time that you like at the Combine. You don't want to come to Pro Day and screw it up by any stretch of the imagination. All right.
0: Um. So let's, do, let's get a quick break. We'll run through. Did you get through everyone that was competing today or at least uh, running today? Do we, can, can we do that when we come back?
2: We can do that when we come back, and then I know that Quinn has been uh, hanging on and has a, a question for wait, you wait, as well. Okay.
0: Listen, Quinn, I'm late. I'm up against the break. When we come back, Quinn will take over the airwaves right here on the Red Sports Radio Network. All right, in the time we have left in this hour,
3: let's go straight
0: to the phones. No waiting. Quinn, what's going on, man? How are you on this Wednesday, Quinn?
4: What's going on, Plank? How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm in Hawaii, um, so not a bad place to be, right? Uh, No, you're better off than me right now, I know. I'm just out here on the road at work pretending to be busy, just sitting in a parking lot waiting on you to answer my call. Sorry about that. Sorry. No, What's on good. your mind, man? So I was listening to you guys talk about Baker earlier, um, and I've never uh, I've never asked you about this, and I'm sure you've discussed it before, is Baker has to be in your, you know, top two or three favorite OU players ever, right? Number one. Number one? Number one. Yeah, I figured so. Number one. No question, yeah, right? I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way, and, I, you know, I was talking to a good friend of mine. Um, it's probably been about a month ago, and, he asked me if I was going to the spring game and I was like, Not really. I'm not really interested in going. And then they you know, they announced that they were gonna unveil Baker's Heisman and obviously now I wanna go. Right. Um, but it I mean, really got me into some, some deep thought about Baker. Go ahead. And over uh, here. I think I'm ready to I think I'm ready to make a declaration on the radio. Oh, let's go. I think that I like Baker Mayfield more than most of the people in my family. That's hard to do, Plank. Now i you know, I've been lucky enough to be on Earth for 38 years, Plank. Um, so I just want to like minimize this kind just, just 2017. 2017, Are you with me? I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Let me That's list. Right. Let me list. Let me list some things that my family never did for me in 2017. I got 20 seconds, Quinn. quick Quick. They never won a Heisman. They never won a Manning Award, a Maxwell Award, a Walter Camp Award, a Davey O'Brien Award. And, Plank, nobody in my family was even nominated for a Chip Har- Chick Harley Award. <laughs> Thanks, Quit. But Baker did all that for you. Hour thirty next.